my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show where we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week. Of course, looking at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology and the technology of course being bitcoin and cryptocurrencies that are changing the world and boy there is a lot going on at the intersection of that that's where we like to focus and we can see the intersection of that today from all the political side the financial side and the technology side and specifically i'm talking about some news that came out this week from the european central bank the euro, the European Central Bank. And if you're listening to this in the United States, you're saying, well, what the heck do I care about the euro? Well, you care about the euro because obviously our markets are very connected. You also care about it because what's happening over there is a kind of like a smaller test bed of what will probably be tried over here at some point. And I think it also illustrates exactly what's happening and where things are going. So um, the ECB, European Central Bank, met this week. The head of the European Central Bank, the ECB, Christine Lagarde, who, uh, by the way, is a convicted criminal, and she's still in charge of the European Central Bank. She's previously of the IMF, International Monetary Fund. They met this week to talk about the digital euro, a common European project. So we talk a lot about 
uh, money going digital. Uh, and of course, we talk about cryptocurrencies. So there's the Bitcoin, etc. And then we have the governments that want to try to control it and are using something called central bank digital currencies. So the digital euro or a central bank digital currency is what we're talking about. And I wanted to kind of highlight some of the things that they talked about in this meeting. We know that they're coming. We know that because they've told us as much. We know that China has already rolled theirs out. And of course, why wouldn't China? A central bank digital currency is the ultimate tool, the ultimate tool for control. And we know that because they've told us that. I played a clip, I believe it was last week, of Augustin Karsten. He's the head of the BIS. The BIS is the central bank above all central banks. And he said as much in that wording. He said that it is a, a, a tool for total control. So it's not just speculation. This is what they're telling us. As a matter of fact, I believe I still have that clip available. Uh, let's see. We got it right here. Let's just play it right here. Uh, a key difference in, with the CBDC is that central bank will have absolute control on the rules and regulations that will determine the use of that uh, expression of central bank liability. And also, we will have the technology to enforce that. Those, are, those two issues are extremely important. Okay, so I take them at their word. Total control. So let's take a look at what they said in this meeting this week. couple things. So one, she gave an address, Christine Lagarde, head of the ECB, gave an address to the European Union to talk about this. And she says, maintaining citizens' trust in money and payment services in the digital age is an important objective in itself. It's interesting. Um, it's not just an important objective. It is the most important objective because there is no such thing as intrinsic value. All value is subjective. And so people have to trust. People have to assign value to that. If they don't trust it, if they don't assign value to it, then they won't use it. We see this happen all the time. We talked about in a previous segment, the tulip mania in, in Holland, where people thought tulips were more valuable, more valuable, more valuable. They had trust, but then all of a sudden nobody wanted tulips and they crashed. We saw it with Beanie Babies. And so we assign trust to things, but in Venezuela, they print so much money, nobody trusts it anymore. It's laying all over the streets. Nobody even bothers to pick it up. So maintaining citizens' trust in money and payment services in the digital age is an important objective. No, it's the most important objective. If nobody trusts the money, they're not going to use it. Period. It says that it's in the basis of our economies to function effectively. Yeah, you have. everyone has to have a money that they all trust. If I give you a money that you know that I can just go back into your account and take back from you, you won't trust that. You're not going to accept that, right? Okay, now she says... Uh, she says, the model for payments is undergoing a potentially disruptive transformation led by three developments. So what are the three developments? First, people are increasingly paying digitally instead of using cash. Yes. I don't want to see cash disappear. Cash is very important because cash is private. If I hand you cash, no one needs to know about that transaction. It's between you and I, and no one needs to be in the middle of that. If I pay you for something via Venmo, Venmo goes to my credit card, my credit card goes to my bank, and my bank talks to your bank, and your bank talks to your credit card, and your credit card goes to Venmo. There's like all those steps in the middle. Everybody has a say in that. Everyone takes a piece of that transaction. Everybody could censor that transaction if they want. If I hand you cash, no one needs to know. No one needs to know. And so uh, I like cash. I don't want it to go away, but we're paying things digitally. So I pretty much pay for everything with my debit card and my credit card. I get paid electronically. I send wire transfers. That's just the day and age. As a matter of fact, over 85% of all payments are done digitally now. 
and we have the Venmos and we got the PayPal's and we got the cash apps and we got the wire transfers and the debit cards, et cetera. But it says that um, as this continues to trend, um, as cash is used less and less, public money, being government money, could ultimately lose its role as a monetary anchor, which is true, which is not a bad thing in my opinion. We should always have innovation. We should always have competition. Second, in the absence of a public anchor, so if as more people move to digital, public money, government money could lose its role. And in the absence of that public anchor, the emergence of new kinds of digital assets could harbor instability and confusion among citizens about what is money and what is not. So um, if we have all these new types of digital money and assets, um, it could cause confusion among people. You know, the people are just too stupid. They don't know. We have to tell them what to do because what would they do without us, the government? Uh, they'll, they'll never get along. I mean, they won't even know what money is. That's what she said. I'm quoting her. Uh, confusion among citizens about what is money. They won't even know what money is unless we tell them. That's what she's saying. I mean, it's insanity. First of all, what is money? Well, money's, uh, money's communication. Money communicates value. Money is used to store my value. It's used to store my energy. So I exert my energy digging a hole. If I don't need to use that, uh, that money then gets paid back to me. I dug that hole. That person pays me in money. And that money sits there and allows me to, uh, and that's my energy. I expended energy to dig the hole. I save it in the money. And now I could use that money at a later date tomorrow to not have to dig the hole because I have money. Um, that's what money is. But Apparently, we need the government to tell us what money is. It says that, take, for example, crypto assets, she says. Their unbacked variants, such as Bitcoin and Ethereum, are too volatile to act as means of a payment. So, one, I would agree with her on that. Yes, they are too volatile to act as a means of payment today. Today. Money is emergent. Money evolves over time. There's a path. First, it starts as a collectible. If enough people collect it, like the rich buy fine art and cars and things like that. If enough people collect it, it could, doesn't always, it could evolve into a store of value. So the rich store their wealth in fine art and collectibles. It could go from a collectible to a store of value. Then maybe if it has the right attributes of money, it could evolve to the next stage, which be a medium of exchange. She's saying it's not that today. Sure, it's only been around for a decade. Give it some time. It's getting there. It has the right things. Um, and then third, she says, the entry of big techs into payments could increase the risk of market domination and dependence on foreign payment technologies with consequences for Europe's strategic autonomy. How dare anybody cut into our monopoly over the financial system, our ability to manipulate and inflate the monetary system? How dare anybody try to get in on that? That's our game. That's our monopoly. And we not only have a monopoly over money, we have a monopoly over violence, and we will use that violence to make sure we don't lose our autonomy over money. That's what she's saying here. She didn't talk about the violence part, but she said that if we let big tech get in, we, the government, could lose our strategic autonomy, which, of course, yes, that's my goal, by the way. I am on a mission to separate money and state. We want to take it out of the hands of the people. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution how the world of politics, finance, and technology are clashing and changing. And we're looking at this specifically as the European Union got together to talk about what the future of money and technology is. I got a whole lot to cover when I come back. You don't want to miss this. This is breaking news. 
I'm going to cover that and some other stories I have about what happened with the SEC in the United States and the future of cryptocurrencies in the U.S., which has just been set. Don't miss it. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about what's happening in the world of central bank digital currencies. And the European uh, Central Bank just met, and Christine Lagarde, the convicted criminal that runs that bank, um, was given an address. And she was talking about this new digital payment. Um, talking about designing the digital public money, she said, quote, issuing a digital euro would indeed safeguard people's confidence. Hmm. So people don't have confidence in a paper euro, but if it's digital, then people would have confidence in it. 
What changes fundamentally? Now, if I have a physical piece of paper, a euro or a dollar or whatever in my hand, I know I have it. There's no counterparty risk. If I put it into the bank, there's risk. That bank may not give that money back to me. They may go insolvent. There's counterparty risk. If I have it in my hand, then I have confidence I have it. It's under my mattress, right? But if they issue a digital euro, then it would safeguard my confidence? No, it would actually take away my confidence more. Um, she said, okay, so here's the part I really want to get to, privacy. So she said, uh, the co-legislators, the lawmakers, must define the balance between competing public objectives in the policy areas. That the, uh, so the two aspects that they want to compete are, uh, one is privacy, uh, so let's talk about privacy first. So she says the first one is privacy. In our public consultation, so uh, the European Central Bank, just like the Federal Reserve in the United States did as well, they opened it up for public comment. Let's see what the public have to say, which, of course, they say that we're in a democracy. We're not. We're in a republic. But either way, it's, uh, they should listen to us. The government works for the people, of the people, by the people, for the people. So, of course, they should care what we have to say. So they open it up for comment. What do the people say? So that's what she's saying. In our public consultation— when we asked for stuff, 43% of respondents, almost half, ranked privacy as the most important aspect of the digital euro, well ahead of any other feature. So it's clear that, it, uh, that we want the digital euro to be attractive. If we want it to be attractive, it needs to be designed in a way that meets people's privacy expectations. That's what she says. Almost half of the people surveyed say it's the most important thing, way above anything else. So if we want it to be attractive, it has to have that thing. But, <laughs> here's the but. There's always a but. But, I'm quoting her, but full anonymity, such as offered it by cash, does not appear a viable option, in my opinion. What do we care about your opinion? You're a convicted criminal anyway. Such, such, uh, it doesn't appear a viable option, in my opinion. It would contravene other public policy objectives. So it would contradict. It, it would go against other public policy objectives. Not what the public wants. Never mind. The public want privacy. But it would go against other public objectives, meaning what we want to do to the people. That's what she's saying. Um, such as ensuring compliance with anti-money laundering rules and combating the financing of terrorism. Because, you know, your $600 is going to fund terrorism. Never mind the $4 billion that we sent to terrorist nations. Never mind the weapons that we left in Afghanistan. Never mind all the weapons that were sent to Ukraine and going to who knows where. Never mind that. Your 600 bucks, though, we better know where that's going by. Because, I mean, shoot, you could be, uh, you know, laundering money and funding terrorism with that. How dare you? Only we're allowed to do that. We're the monopoly on that, right? So um, listen to what she's saying. Although they told us it's the most important thing by going away. This is what the big thing want. It's just, it's just not really, it, it contradicts what we want. Um, so she says, uh, it would contravene other public objectives such as ensuring compliance with anti-money laundering rules and combating the finance of terrorism. And it would also make it virtually impossible to limit the use of digital euro as a form of investment. So it would make it virtually impossible to limit the use. Listen to what she said. Remember what Augustine Carson from the BI said? It would give us total control. So she says that it, if we did this, if we gave the people what they wanted with the digital euro, the CBDC, it would make it virtually impossible to limit the use. 
they don't want you to use your money as you see fit. I mean, yeah, it's your money, and yeah, you 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 sacrificed and gave up your life energy to get that money, uh, but it's not really yours. It's not yours to use as we want. We have to be able to limit the use. That's what she says. Think about these words that they're saying. <laughs> it would make it virtually impossible to limit the use. Yes, that's the point. My money is my money. I should be able to use it as I see fit. Uh, what else? Okay, the next part, the legal tender status part. The second aspect is the legal tender status. Um, so although an acceptance obligation has to be weighed against principles such as contractual freedom and competition, so meaning that uh, you know we should have the freedom to use it as we want, we should bear in mind that it is a constitutional feature of cash as central bank money to be legal tender. Now... Why does it have to be legal tender money? Now, I can't speak about every other country, but in the United States, it's still a free country. We are the land of the free. We don't need the government to tell us what we can accept as forms of payment. If I want to come over to your house and uh, build a fence for you in exchange for a good or service that you want to give to me, that's my labor. I can give you my labor. If I want to trade you this iPhone that I have in my hand, um, you can accept this iPhone as your as your payment. If I want to send you Bitcoin, then you can accept Bitcoin as your payment. We don't need the government to tell us what we can accept as payment or in exchange, I should say, for goods and services. It can be my labor. It can be another product I have. We don't need it to be legal tender. And that's a big problem that I have with all these people that say we need regulations in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. No, we don't. We don't need it. We don't need the government to tell us what we can do. And again, I'm speaking on behalf of the United States. The government does not give us permission to do anything because we're a free country. The government only takes away our rights. Now, this is an important point. At the week of these midterm elections, everyone's going to vote. The first thing my dad told me when I turned 18 is, remember, every law you go to vote for, whether good or bad, is less freedom. So we're a free country. We're free to do things. The government tells us what we can't do, like you can't kill somebody. You can't rob somebody. Okay, those laws restrict our freedom, and they should be, all right? But we don't ask for permission. We don't ask for laws that tell us what to do. So we don't need that. But she said a side effect of illegal tender status may be that it facilitates network effects, allowing citizens to have the option to, quote, unquote, pay anywhere and easily access the digital euro. That would be a problem. We don't want that. We want to control it. We want to make sure it's only used in our country. They said that the digital euro may have transaction limits and store of value caps. Um, exact limits are not set in stone, but Panetta mentioned a 3,000 euro um, store of value limit. So you can't store more than 3,000 euros. That's hoarding. You can't hoard the money. you got to spend your money. How dare you save? Let us take that. They want to put a 3,000 euro limit and 1,000 transaction monthly limit. A one thousand transaction monthly limit because there will be risks that people could use these possibilities to move money and we can't control that this is what's coming this is what central bank digital currencies are understand what this is so when you when you hear it being talked about you know what's happening talk about these ideas with your friends and family to educate them as well i want to talk more about what's happening in the united states and what the sec is doing with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, a big judgment happened this week that really sets the precedence of what's coming next.
or maybe your next favorite crypto token. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing through this. And I got a lot more to cover when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. and We are talking about the decentralized revolution, of course. We are talking specifically about what the government's doing in regards to cryptocurrency. And this week, we saw big news coming from the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission, talking about uh, regulations on cryptocurrencies. Now, <sighs> I'm not a fan of trying to apply a whatever hundred year old law, the Howey test um, of what is a security and try to apply that to cryptocurrency. I don't think it fits. It's kind of like a square peg in a round hole, but nevertheless, um, it's where we are. And we saw this week, the SEC came out 
and decided uh, went to went to court against a platform called Library L B R Y, and Library is um, sort of like a decentralized YouTube. Um, it's also known as Odyssey, which, by the way, my YouTube videos are on Odyssey, so you should check me out there, uh, either on YouTube, just search Mark Moss on YouTube, or on Odyssey. And YouTube is obviously a very centrally controlled and centrally planned and manipulated platform. They kick anybody off that they want. But um, Odyssey is like a decentralized version. The problem that they had is that they launched their own token. LBC, a token. And the SEC sued library saying last March saying that they sold its native LBC token in violation of federal securities laws. It says here the SEC sued library in March of 2021, alleging that LBC tokens were securities and that the startup had violated securities laws by selling them without registering with the agency with the SEC. Now, Library pushed back, said that the LBC tokens were not securities and that the SEC did not give it fair notice that its sale of LBC was subject to securities laws, thus violating the company's right to due process. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, again, we have securities laws. A lot of people wanted to operate in this gray area and thousands and thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of companies have gotten away with it because the SEC hasn't really formally come out and put the put the put the boot down, so to speak, um, and they haven't really aggressively pursued and uh, prosecuted these types of companies. It says here, though, that uh, the federal judge of the District Court of uh, District of New Hampshire ruled, saying that, quote, no reasonable trier of fact could reject the SEC's contention that it offered a security, and library does not have a triable defense that it lacked fair notice. So they basically said, nah, it doesn't matter. Um, the founder of Library, Jeremy Kaufman, has maintained that the outcome of the case would have sweeping implications for the wider crypto industry. And the reason why it has sweeping in, um, implications is because the way the legal system works is they use case law. Case law sets precedent. So whenever an attorney is, is uh, arguing a case, they're going to say, well, in this case versus this case, this is what happened. And the more that that case is being used or cited, the stronger it becomes. And so this case law could then be have sweeping implications because then other cases after it could be tried pointing back to this. It says that uh, it says that it, it establishes a precedent that threatens the entire U.S. cryptocurrency industry. Uh, this is from the founder, uh, Kaufman. He said, under the SEC versus library standard, almost every cryptocurrency, including Ethereum and Doge, are securities. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's basically right. Um, that's basically right. It says, uh, one significant case the library ruling could impact is the SEC suit against Ripple Labs and two of its executives who have been charged with selling $1.3 billion in unregistered securities. Of course, we're talking about Ripple Labs, which is selling the XRP token, which uh, that XRP uh, army is strong, and they're probably mad for me even saying something like that. But again, I'm just quoting him. So don't don't kill the messenger. Don't, don't kill the messenger here. But yeah, I mean, if they're claiming that uh, the library is a security, then it makes sense that Ripple Labs XRP token is also security. Um. Ripple Labs' defense is the same. It's hinged on its claim that its native token, XRP, is not a security and that by failing to provide clarity 
on whether XRP was a security, the SEC did not provide fair notice. It's exactly what Library tried to argue, and the SEC slapped him down, right? As I said, the judge actually said, um, Library does not have a tribal defense that it lacked fair notice. So if they don't, how does, SC, how, does, how does XRP and Ripple Labs have that? And again, that's the whole reason why the founder, Kaufman, is saying that uh, this is bad. It's bad for everybody else. Now, this is just the, this is the, the ruling so far, and it means that Library's case will not go to trial. So it's done. Uh, a status hearing to determine what the next steps are is slated for the end of the month, November 21st. And we'll come back and see what it is. Now, um, the library has been on Twitter. They've been all over social media talking about this. They said, look, we don't, we don't know what to do. What could we have done? Uh, we didn't know. They didn't give us clear guidance. They didn't give us advance notice. How were we to know what to do? We tried to do the best that we could, but you didn't give us fair notice. I commented <laughs> on that, and I said, well, what you could have done is not launched your own token. That's the whole problem. They could have launched the platform, which allows me to post my YouTube videos on there in a decentralized manner. They could have done that. There's nothing wrong with what they did. It's the token. They created a token out of thin air, the LB, the LB, uh, L, what is it? LBRY? No, LBC, sorry, LBC token. They created a token and sold it out of thin air. That's the problem. So the problem isn't the platform, the problem is the token. And. It's the uh, LBRY, LBC token, yeah. LBC token, library, there we go. And let's take a look at the token. It's uh, valued at 1.2 cents per token. Uh, if we look at the year-to-date valuation, the market cap was as high as 24 million, so not that big, and now it's down to 7 million. The tokens were as high as three and a half cents and now they're down to 1.2 cents so um you know not a huge impact on that if we look at the all when they came out of the gate though wow look at this um when they came out of the gate here we are back in january of 2018 they had a 157 million dollar valuation in april of 2021 they had a 172 million dollar valuation and today it's all the way down to 13. So be careful what you put your money into. Uh, it could crash down very hard, especially um, it's gone from 14 million to 7 million. So it's dropped in half, 50% valuation drop since this news broke. And so if this news breaks on Ripple Labs and XRP, if it breaks on any other cryptocurrency, you probably expect about the same thing. Expect to lose about half your money. Again, don't kill the messenger. That's just the news. What else? What else? What else? Oh, um, man. As, uh, as, uh, as this continues to ramp up, we continue to see lots of pain across the cryptocurrency space. You know, the bear markets cause a lot of infighting. Um, the bear markets are times to invest. They're the time to build. But it's also the time, you know, because money gets tight and people start going broke, that you see lots of problems happen. We saw the Solana blockchain has dropped dramatically as well in the past 24 hours. 
And part of it is that a thousand of their validators went offline. What the heck does that even mean? It's supposed to be a decentralized protocol, but of course, it's not. They're all hosted on a cloud provider that shut them all down at the same time. And Solana stake holders are unable to get their money back out. Hmm. Some decentralized protocol, that is. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the cryptocurrency space right now as we go through the decentralized revolution. I want to talk about this 50,000 Bitcoins that were just seized. And what does that mean? I got that and more when I come back in a minute. You don't want to miss it. Don't go away. I'm going to be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. We're going through some of the biggest breaking news that's happening in the cryptocurrency space this week. By the way, uh, the price of uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is on sale today, fire sale, with the news of FTX. The FTX exchange is crashing and burning. Um, Looks like Binance took them out. Potentially might take them over. We don't know. But it dropped all the way down to a pretty nice discount, wicked down to about 17500 It's now about 18500 I'm wearing my HODL shirt in, uh, in, in a celebration of that. You know, 
I typically wear just a black shirt, but I'm wearing this HODL shirt. This shirt was sent to me uh, as a gift. So shout out to RD Fine Art. You can find them on Twitter or you can check out their website, Ron, da- Ron D. Gaspiers. Check them out. If you want one of these HODL shirts, they make some really killer stuff, some cryptocurrency and Bitcoin merchandise. But anyway, uh, the HODL is to hang on for dear life, you know turmoil in the markets, drive the price down. We look at that as an opportunity, but it scares some people out and they sell it. And that's kind of what happens. We saw big news this week um, in uh, Newsbroke that the U.S. seized 50,000 Bitcoins related to Silk Road Marketplace. Now, a lot of people would see that headline and go, wait a minute, I thought Bitcoin was censorship resistant. I thought it was immutable. I thought it was safe. How could they seize it? How does the government seize it? It says the Bitcoin, which was obtained in 2012, um, was related to the Darknet marketplace Silk Road. They seized 50,676 Bitcoins. It was the largest cryptocurrency seizure to date, um, but has since been surpassed by the 70,000 Bitcoin seized in February in relation to the hack of the Bitfinex crypto exchange. So it's the second largest now. It was the largest at 50,000. Now there's a bigger one at 70,000. The coins were found at an address in Georgia connected with James Zong. The feds also found $661,000 in cash as well as various precious metals. Now, what happens here? Bitcoin isn't able to be hacked. They can't just steal it. The feds can't just come in and take your Bitcoin. They can't just find it and get it. Here's what happened. They went to the guy's house and they found his wallet where he had it. So think about think about Bitcoin like this. You have a public address and you have a private key. The private key is basically what secures it. So if, if we were like in the gold age, for example, and I had gold and I went and buried the gold in my backyard or out in the desert somewhere and I made a map. So I have a treasure map so I can go back and find my gold again. And then I have at my house, I have that treasure map. And if the feds come and break into my house and they find my treasure map laying on my coffee table or on my countertop or on my desk, well, then they're like, hey, well, Mark, we know where your gold is. We're going to go get it. All right. But if they storm my house and they can't find my treasure map, let's say that I've hit it very well, or let's say I don't even have a treasure map because I remember in my head where I put the gold. Then the Fed comes to my house and says, hey, Mark, give us the gold. And I'm like, no. They're like, tell us where it is. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you. And so Bitcoin is similar, where I have a private key that enables me to move that Bitcoin if I want. Now, the only way the feds can get this 50,000 Bitcoin or any Bitcoin for that matter is if they can get a hold of the private key. Now, what happens is a lot of times is people back up the private key, which you should, by the way, if you have a private key in your wallet or wherever, you want to back that up. And the way you would do it is just go into your app and say, you know, back up. And it's going to give you 12 words. That's your seed phrase. Now, these 12 words are random, you know, monkey, banana, ocean, boat, rope, whatever. And you have 12 random words. All right. Now, you can choose to memorize those 12 words, which is like you would memorize the treasure map. So you know where the, where the gold is. You could write those 12 words down, which might be better, just like making a treasure map on paper. The problem is, how do you secure that treasure map so people don't get it, which is the same as how do you secure those 12 words that you write down? Now, a lot of people make the mistake and they write those 12 words down in their computer. They put them into Google Docs. They put them into Evernote or something like that. Then Google or hackers 
could potentially find that backup phrase. And if they do, they can just get those 12 words. They can go download any app on their phone. They could plug those 12 words in and instantly have access to your funds. So my advice is if you're going to write them down, write them down on physical paper. Potentially, you could put that physical paper in a safe. That way, if your house burns down or floods or someone breaks in, they can't get a hold of that paper. Now, if they get your safe, that's a problem. But you want to protect that. Now, you could, like I said, not write it down. You could just memorize it. Other options I've heard people do is, for example, you could have like a book, maybe a journal that you keep, maybe a diary or something like that. And you could write out text and like every you know, word, every, every first word on the line is one of your seed phrases. So you kind of have like this, like cryptographic storage of your seed phrase. I've heard of people doing it. Like uh, they do like a photo collage on their wall and like every third photo represents the word from their seed phrase, for example. So there's ways that you can hide that seed phrase in plain sight. Like I said, you could just remember it, but you know, heaven forbid you hit your head and, and forget it or something like that. Um, another option would be that you would have like a um, a multi-signature storage. So what that means, instead of having one private key, you have three private keys. And then um, you would need two of the three in order to do a transaction. And then I could hide those in different places. So for example, I can give one to my parents, one to my attorney, and I keep one, for example, or one to my uh, girlfriend or one to my business partner or whatever it is. So you divide up those three keys. Now the key is, no pun intended, is that nobody has more than one key. And with one key, you can't do anything. So if I keep one, I give my parents one and I give my attorney one and I needed to do a transaction, I'd have to get a hold of my attorney or get a hold of my parents in order to sign the other key. But neither one of them can do anything because they only have one of the keys. Now, of course, you'd want to make sure that the other two places where the keys are, they don't know each other. You want to make sure. I could put one key in safety deposit box at one bank and one key in a safety deposit box in another bank. You know, we, so there's any number of ways that you could do that. But like I said, the key is, is that uh, the person that you give it to, they can't do anything without it. Now... I'm protected. So I don't have to memorize it in my head. Um, if somebody were to break into my house and steal my safe, if somebody were to come in and torture me, they couldn't get access to that. So the Fed, they came in. How did they get it? Well, in the, in the 70,000 Bitcoin, I believe when they came into the house, the computer was open. The computer was unlocked. And when they went on the computer, they found the key. So it's all about hiding the key. And how do you protect it? In my, in my opinion, I think the multi-signature way is the single best way to do it, but it all depends on how much you have. So if you have a little bit of money, you can put it in your sock drawer. If you have more money, you want to hide it in the wall. If you have even more money, you want to bury it somewhere. If you have even more money, you need a big safe, right? If you have a bunch of gold, maybe you need to build a vault in your backyard. If you have a bunch of gold, you need to build a big vault and have armed security there. So the more you have, the more you need to spend protecting it. Now, the beauty with Bitcoin is that doesn't matter if you have $1 worth of Bitcoin or $100 billion worth of Bitcoin, it still costs the same amount of money to secure it. Meaning you just put it behind a cryptographic key. Now, the amount of time and effort you put into it might vary, right? So obviously download an app on your Android or iPhone is super easy. Download the app, put it in. Super easy, but it's the least secure way. Um, doing a multi-signature device doesn't really cost me any more money, but it does cost me more time. I have to figure that out. I have to figure out where to put the keys and things like that. The beauty is it doesn't matter if I have a dollar or a hundred billion dollars, it doesn't cost me any more money, unlike gold or cash. Uh, but it will take you a little bit more time. 
And it's up to you to figure out what you want to do to protect that. All right, you've been listening to The Mark Moss Show. Of course, we talk about the decentralized revolution each and every week through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. And that technology is Bitcoin. And it's changing the world rapidly as we speak. We can see the financial system crumbling. We can see the political institutions crumbling. And we can see technology, or as they say, software eating the world. Digitized books, digitized music, digitized movies. And of course, money is coming next. We covered a lot of information. We talked about the big news of Binance taking out FTX. We talked about all the latest breaking news. And if you've missed any of it, don't worry. I got your back. Just go on your favorite podcast player and just search The Mark Moss Show. But that's what I got for you today. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut. Every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.